0: Welcome to the One Pound Movie Podcast. I'm your host Wayne, and this is Episode 15. If you're not sure what this is all about, if it's your first time on the podcast. Well, welcome along. And basically, I've been to charity shops, CEX, car boots, anywhere you can buy a DVD movie for a pound or less. That's the only rule I've got. They could be absolutely anything. Any genre you can think of. could be an Oscar winner from 1936 or a forgotten action B movie from 1981, right up to current day. could be anything as long as it's a pound or less. That's the entire crux of the show. That's just basically to see what, what a pound gets you for a DVD. As always, going straight into this. So on episode 15, as I say, we're going to be talking about the romantic comedy from 2007, Good Luck Chuck. I'd like to propose a toast to charlie for being my lucky charm women call him you're that charlie or charlie good luck chuck oh, yeah. whoa, 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 whoa you're a lucky charm and you be with someone and then they find their true love isn't that how it works has everybody lost their minds that's ridiculous i guess you are a lucky charm. good morning doctor i think i have a cavity me too buddy you got the ticket to the big show you have 108 messages This is Molly, Jenny, Danielle, Stacy. This is Bob. Just hear me out. But now... I'm Cam. I'm Charlie. I... Sorry. Sorry. Yes! Cam's the one man. I feel like she just completes you. Oh! Oh, no! What seems like a blessing... What makes you think I'll be kissing you, huh? All right. Oh, Feels like a curse. You close the deal? She's gonna marry the next guy she dates. Hey, that's not true. I started calling on your exes. They're married. It's real. We really hate you. Ah! I gotta go. You look great. I had a good time. I gotta go. To get the girl of his dreams, Chuck will do anything. I've gotta put the curse to the test. With anyone. Eleanor Skeppel. This chick ain't never getting married. Pay you hundred dollars to go out with me tonight. Make me happy. True love Now? Not now Where do I get this? It's ah! never been so hard Come over I want to I just don't think that we should Does your phone receive pictures? Dane Cook Jessica Alba ah! Good luck Chuck I am in a real hurry You're in a hurry? Let's do this Take your pants off I'm kidding you weirdo Don't do that lucky, you're so lucky. So, Good Luck Chuck from 2007, directed by Mark Helfrich. It stars Dane Cook, Jessica Alba and Dan Fogler. It had a budget of 25 million and took a box office total of 59.8 million. It's 96 minutes long. It has an IMDb score of 5.6 out of 10 and a Rotten Tomato score of 5% for critics and 57 for audience. Now, uh, I'm going to read the synopsis off the back of the DVD. says it's direct from the back of the DVD. So, Charlie, Chuck, is the luckiest and unluckiest guy in the world. Hexed by a crazy goth girl at a party when he was a teenager, he's cursed to never find love. At an ex-girlfriend's wedding, he discovers that every woman he's ever slept with has found true true love with the next guy they meet after him. So, the lucky part? Before he knows it, Charlie's reputation as a good-luck charm has women, from sexy strangers to desperate receptionists, lining up for a quickie. But a life filled with sex and no love is not as fun as it seems. So when Charlie meets Cam, Jessica Alba, a drop-dead gorgeous but accident-prone penguin enthusiast, he's desperate to break the curse before the girl of his dreams winds up with the next guy she meets. And he's prepared to do anything, and anyone to break it. So that's the synopsis. I have background on the film. Couldn't really find anything. I had a good search on IMDb and across the internet. We couldn't really find much about it at all. Um, director Mark Helfridge. He has three director credits to his name. He has this, one episode of Prison Break, and uh, one episode of Bones. He is uh, predominantly an editor, with credits such as Predator, Rambo 2, Showgirls, X-Men Last Stand, Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle, and Jumanji The Next Level uh, as well. So a very varied career as an editor, and pretty much that's all I could find out about uh, Mark Elfridge. Dane Cook, who plays Chuck, the lead actor in the role uh, in the the film. He has 48 acting credits, including Dane Real Life, Waiting, and Employee of the Month. He's a voiceover artist as well. He voiced Dusty Cropopper in the Plains films, and he's uh, also a recurring uh, voice actor in Robot Chicken. He's from Arlington, Massachusetts, where he worked at Video Horizon, and then at Burger King, uh, where his brother was the manager. And in 2007, the year of the release, uh, Forbes magazine estimated his uh, gross earnings for that year as $9 million. Jessica Alba, who plays Cam, has 66 actor credits, including Sin City... Fantastic Four, Into the Blue, and the Dark Angels TV series. Made her feature film debut at age twelve in the film Camp Nowhere. She got a she got the lead role when uh, an actress dropped out. Her first starring role uh, was in Honey in two thousand and three. That's the uh, Mariah Carey backed film. Lots of trivia about her being voted the sexiest woman polls in you know sexiest woman in the world polls from all the way through the two thousands, and the bra she wore in Sin City sold on eBay for $1,025. Uh, she was considered to replace Emily Blunt in Iron Man 2, so ultimately the role went to Scarlett Johansson. Talk about Dan Fogler now. Dan Fogler has 61 actor credits, including Balls of Fury, Fanboys, and most famously the Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them franchise films, one and two. He also uh, appears in 19 episodes of The Walking Dead, but I'd given up long, long before uh, Dan Fogler turned up. And he plays in a band called Second Rate, with his friend Law Torello, and all I could find was a really badly filmed um, YouTube clip so if you go looking for second-rate, you're not going to find anything. So uh, we'll go on to the critical response now. So Neil Smith from BBCI says, he gave this one star and he says, And the promiscuous protagonist of Good Luck Chuck meets his own misright. You'll be hard-pressed to care in an unpleasant sex romp of the kind Robin Asquith made in the 1970s. If any character ever deserved an STD, in the s- it's this sexist misogynist dinosaur. Arushka Ivan Zada from the Metro said, This is not only boring and offensive, but repulsively charmless. There's gross-out comedy, and then there's comedy so grossly unfunny that eating cold porridge seems like a tasty alternative. Got to be honest, 15 episodes in, that's the worst critical responses I've read. And they weren't on their own. There was a lot of one-star, no-star critical responses. So, after all that, my expectation is this could easily go either way. It could be um, a product of its time and doesn't transmit well to modern ideas, even though it's only from t- 2007. You know, the world's changed a lot in those intervening um, 15 years. Or it could just be a silly sex farce um, that doesn't, you know, need to be taken too seriously. Um, I grew up with the carry ons and, you know, the confessions of. And, and yes, the world has rightfully moved on, absolutely. But there's still charm those films, you know. I, I dare anybody not to watch a Carry On film without some nostalgia, at least. Especially people my age, you know, forty forty years plus. There's still, you know, there's still some silly jokes in there. I'm honestly not looking for a lot, you know, just a couple of laughs and, and an easy watch. I like Dan cooking Employee of the Month. From what I can see of Dan Fogler in uh, the Fantastic Beast films, he's he's a perfectly fine, actually good in fanboys. I seem to remember as well, and I'm hoping that it's just got, you know, that sort of silly American pie-type charm. So at this point in the podcast, like I always do, we're going to break for an intermission while I go and watch the film. (laughs) It's intermission. Rise and stretch time. Time to refresh yourself and visit our snack bar. Got a yen for hot popcorn? Your favorite soft drinks are sparkling cold. The juicy Frank Sizzling Hot. There's delicious coffee freshly brewed and all kinds of ice cream and candy to tempt you. Showtime will be announced loud and clear to get you back to your car in time. So stretch your legs. Come to the snack bar now. Right, I'm back. I've just watched Good Luck Chuck. Just a quick one uh, before you uh, before we carry on. Spoilers from here on in. So if you haven't have the if you haven't watched the films, I'm going to spoil it. Don't don't watch the film because it's fucking rubbish. But just if you do want to watch the film and you don't want want it spoiled by me, turn the podcast off now and uh, go away and watch it. So we'll start with my initial reaction. I honestly don't know where to begin. I can't get too much. I want to break the whole plot down um, of what plot there is, and yeah, this film is fucking repugnant. I will say that. You know, when I started this podcast, you know, way back at the start of the year, back in uh, the start of 2021, I decided I had the first 20 films mapped out, and I thought "Good Luck Chuck" seems like a silly romantic comedy. I'm going to put that halfway through the second run of 10, sort of do 10 and then do another 10. Ran about episode 15, so something nice to break me into the next, you know, halfway through. Something nice and silly, just in case of what the other films are. I made a mistake with this film. Massively made a mistake with this film. But we'll get into that. So uh, we'll go right away through the film. Once again, spoilers. So uh, if you want to watch the film, stop, stop the podcast now and go and watch the film. But spoilers. So we start in the American suburbs in 1985 with a group of kids. And I mean kids, they can't be no older than 12, and they're playing spin the bottle and talking about sex and what the sex bases occur to, you know, what, what happens when you get to second base. I mean, straight away the alarm bells rang. What the fuck is the film thinking, making these kids pre-teens? Uh, what's wrong with, like, a late high schoolers or, you know, freshmen or something like that, or college? You could easily have done this film with that and it wouldn't have been as repugnant as this opening scene. We meet Chuck and we meet Stu as kids. Stu goes into a closet with this girl from the Spin the Bottle game and (laughs) Stu is reprehensible as a kid and he deserves to be put on the sex offenders registry at 12 years old. You can quote me on that. Charlie ends up in the closet with this uh, goth girl. That was a bit strange. It was like, okay, goth girl at 12? Um, I'm not sure of that. Anyway, the goth girl proceeds to sexually assault young Chuck professing her love for him she says she needs to see his penis I, you know fucking hell he embarrasses the goth girl and she hexes him Ow! Get off me, freak! Ah! Charlie Logan you are not my boyfriend anymore I hex you you what? I hex you you will never be happy around you love will fall like rain but you won't hold it your heart will pain once the girl has been with you to the next she will be true Is that Phil Collins what happened did you thumb her We then fly forward into present day, and we find that Chuck, Charlie, is on a beach and he's getting a blowjob from this girl who was also topless. First of many topless girls throughout this film. She tells him she loves him, and he can't reciprocate, so they break up. Cut to him standing on the beach with an erection through his pants. Fucking hilarious, this. Oh, God. And also, Dane Cook looks really fucking weird with no beard. We find out that Chuck is a dentist, and Stu, the 12-year-old sex offender, is somehow a plastic surgeon. Of course he is. He's a fucking boob specialist. Well, he wouldn't be nothing fucking else, would he? They go to a wedding. There's going to be lots of fucks in this episode, so I apologise. The bride does a speech, and in her speech she thanks Charlie for being a good luck charm. And then all the women start asking him, Oh, so you're that Charlie? Enter Jessica Alba, who walks straight into a waiter, spilling drinks everywhere. First observation right here, Jessica Alba is not a physical comedian. She asks Chuck how he knows the bride. He says they're a couple uh, a while ago, and... Jessica Alba says Oh yeah We got together as well In college All the guests are aghast At the table And you know There's a time and a place Obviously Uh, The meet cute Between Chuck and and Cam That's Jessica Alba's character Is fucking awful And it's forced And it's disgusting It's useless It's not Going to be in your top 1000 meet cutes of, Of I'll tell you what's a better meet cute Jamie Lee Curtis When she meets Michael Myers For the first time in Halloween That's a better meet cute Than this Fucking hell Obviously, back at the wedding, they would have had a nice time at the wedding and never seen each other again. Also, Stu is a perv and he's already, we're talking eight minutes into the film, the most annoying character I've come across in a fucking long while. The bride tosses the bouquet as she throws the bouquet. It hits a passing pigeon, dove, and kills it and it lands on a little girl's plate, causing what I can only describe as many years of psychological damage and therapy. Also... Not fucking funny. Chuck goes to his dental surgery, which is full of young, pretty women, and we see an internet article saying, the dentist drill you'll want. And uh, with a picture of Chuck. There's more unfunny smut with Stu and a topless lady. Stu invites Chuck into his hospital room to check the alignment of her breast. Fucking hilarious. More hilarity. Chuck and Stu uh, go out for brunch and... We're into to Chuck's ex-girlfriend, the lady from the beach who was um, giving him fellatio, who was trying on wedding dresses and comes out to say to, to Chuck after they broke up she met her perfect man, adding more fuel to the good-luck the good Chuck fire. Uh, Chuck goes home and has loads of messages uh, from random women asking him for a date, and one bloke. We go to Aqualand and we see Jessica Alba. She's a penguin wrangler, right, okay. Uh, who works with a with a Stoner brother? The Stoner brother is not a hateful character. He's just unfunny. You know he's been put in there to I don't even know what he's been fucking put in there. If I'm honest, I haven't got a clue. Carrying uh, Cam is carrying a bucket of fish. She slips on the penguin slide, and stops before falling in the penguin pool. Then a the penguin slides down after the fish, and Cam falls and smashes her face on the floor, cracking a tooth. Let's be honest. If she fell and smashed her head the way she did, that's concussion, stroked, cracked skull. End of film. There's, there's no... It's not funny. It's fucking... It's intense, is what it is. Anyway, so we go back to Chuck. Chuck is in his convertible with a date, uh, who instantly gets naked, because he's a good-luck charm. They get interrupted by Cam, who phones Chuck uh, because he's an emergency dentist. Cut to Chuck's dentist, where he fixes Cam's tooth, and more clumsy fucking antics. She launches dentist implements into his back from a tray. I... I... I don't know. They're trying to set this up like a, a physically type comedy, like something of you know slapstick from like the eighties, and it's not working at all in the slightest. If I'm honest, poor Jessica Alba is. She's doing her best, but she's not a she's not a physical comedian in the slightest. We have the tiniest bit of um, character development for Chuck and we find out that he goes to South America, he goes to Guatemala to fix poor kid's teeth and uh, he asks her out. She says no, but he gives her free dental care anyway. In the car park, Cam's car won't start so Chuck tries to uh, jumpstart it and it, she electrocutes him because she's so clumsy. She locks the keys in her car then once he starts it. Chuck takes her back to her house. She breaks his convertible roof on his nice car on the way there. Chuck doesn't care, because, you know, why would he? She's a pretty girl, and he's a fucking scumbag. She gets her spare keys, and on jumping into the car, she lands face-first in Chuck's lap, you know, because she's clumsy. She tells him she knows all about his fucking about and reputation, then leaves, out, gets out of the car and slams the door and gets her skirt stuck in the car, revealing her penguin pants, of course, because, you know... She works with penguins. So he goes home and uh, Chuck's secretary is waiting in the dark for him and she wants to fuck him because she's heard about his, uh, you know, his good look charm. He says, no, I'm not going to do that. And she sexually assaults him anyway. Reba, I'll see you at work on Monday. Good night. Dr. Logan, you've always been there for me. When you need a day off. Yes. When you need a lift home from work. Yes. When Reggie died four years ago, you sent that beautiful card. Do you remember what you wrote? If there's anything I can do, please let me know. Yeah. Well, I'm letting you know. That's not what I had in mind. These panties are edible, but I'd avoid the tush area, as I've been sitting for about three hours. Reba, I'm not the guy for you. He stops her, sort of says, oh, let's not do this, and she says, yeah, okay, and then she says, oh, well, you know, I'm just trying to find a man. So he fucks her anyway. This is... Played in as an emotional moment this is and it's uh, like he's giving her a check for healthcare and or he'd bought a poor family a Christmas present, you know, the music swells and it's it's all all is good, apparently. So Charlie listens to Stu. <sighs> this is about a hundred on the bad idea scale listening to this fucking idiot. Stu says he should use his gift and there's a whole speech about Malcolm X and Martin Luther King. Yeah, that's right. Comparing male promiscuity to the black civil rights movement. There's some fucking red flags for you. Cue softcore porn montage and the lucky girls finding Mr. Right. Ah, this is a long montage. This is fucking hell, this is long. Including being pulled over and fucked by a lady cop. And there's lots of wedding invites on his table at home. There's a joke in here where he has sex with a trans person. But the trans person doesn't tell him that she's a trans person and I found that a bit uncomfortable if I'm honest because I, I, I don't understand this joke at all uh, It's it's like they're doing a crying game Either way it's awful and unfunny And yeah It makes everybody involved in this joke look like a fucking twat Chuck then gets upset because the women only want him For his obviously his charm His good luck charm And they're happily ever after Chuck is still pining after Cam So goes to Aqua World to see her And she agrees to go out with him I'm in more bad stony humour from the brother Uh, They go out and Chuck asks Why penguins? Why penguins? Why white teeth <laughs> same as every other dentist couldn't get into med school <laughs> that's funny uh, my parents didn't think so so really my penguins couldn't get into shark school <laughs> i don't know lots of reasons for one you can't help but smile when you see a penguin yeah plus they have that badass tuxedo embedded in their flesh i know they're just so cute i just i just love them so much i just love 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 them i even go to antarctica for research Oh, it's so beautiful there. You know, they have once-a-year sunsets. You haven't seen beauty until you've seen that. Oh, I don't know about that. And the penguin rituals are just fascinating. Okay, now, by rituals, do you mean, like, eating their own poop? <laughs> no. <laughs> like when a male is sweet on a female, he searches the entire beach to find the perfect pebble to present to her. When he finally finds it, he waddles over and presents the stone by placing it at her feet. If she accepts, they'll be lifelong mates. It's kind of like an engagement ring. Yeah, it's unbelievable to watch. As they stroll along the waterfront, uh, Cam knocks herself out on a lamppost because she's so clumsy. And while she's lying on the floor, woozy, Chuck kisses her. Again, sexual assault. (sighs) Back to Stu's office, and uh, for some reason, he has a pair of Pan Randersons used silicone breast implants in a glass case. Because, you know, he's a repeat sex offender, that's fucking why. Chuck takes Cam out and she asks him about the curse and says, it's amazing what people believe, yeah? I know, I'm a fucking maze. people paid to see this fucking film? The date progresses, back to Cam's getting hot and heavy. The phone goes off and it's Stu who tells him the charm is real and all his exes are married, so don't have sex with Cam because he'll lose her. The next day, Chuck and Stu decide to test the curse and go to the, um... Lido, the swimming pool, where they find this very large, obnoxious lady, who is, of course, covered in sores and dropped food, has masses of food by her on, uh, on uh, next to the pool, and after many refusals, Chuck ends up paying for her to go out with him, and then he, he talks her into having sex with him on the night, I mean, so basically, he makes her a prostitute... That is rough as fuck, that is. Back to Cam, who is wondering why this great guy hasn't got back to her. Uh, he calls and says, He think Cue montage of them having phone... Uh, uh, talking on the phone and getting to know each other. In the meantime, Chuck takes Stu back to the pool. And at the pool, Chuck plays the friend card and says, Go over there and... Sleep with the large lady so we'd know if the curse is right. And uh, Stu protests too, but then goes along with. So uh, back to Chuck and Cam. Chuck and Cam have phone sex, which is just an excuse to get Jessica Alba in a bubble bath. Stu calls Chuck and says he went out with the, la- the large lady and uh, he's not proposing. So Chuck rushes straight to Cam's to finish off the phone sex in person. The next morning, uh, Chuck watches her sleep, gets up. He puts the TV on and sees the large lady from the pool with a new man. It turns out Stew. Broke the bro code and didn't go out with her. Chuck freaks out and starts stressing and goes all stalkery and fucking weird and completely over eggs the pudding. He sends silly amounts of flowers to Cam, balloons, and a barbershop quartet. This all ends with him jumping out of a box dressed as a penguin and it's just sad. Duh. Oh oh, 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 oh baby, got me looking so crazy right now. Your love's got me looking so crazy right now. Got me looking so crazy right now. Your touch has got me looking so crazy right now. Got me open you page me right now. Your kiss's got me at you saved me right now. Looking so crazy, your love's got me looking, got me looking so crazy, your love. Got it. Got me going some pain right now. Woo! Uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. Raise the habitat. <laughs> crazy, 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 crazy for you. Chuck is freaking out that she will meet the man of her dreams now they've slept together. So Chuck enlists, enlists Stu's help. Stu tells Charlie of his cousin with an operable brain tumour. Chuck says, perfect. Make her fall in love with someone with a terminal illness so he can swoop in when he dies. Fuck me, did I laugh at this. Chuck goes back to the goes back to Aqua World to see Cam and she's uh, she's talking to a guy so Chuck decides to beat him up with an inflatable penguin and funny enough all of after all of Chuck's really weird shenanigans, Cam breaks up with him. Chuck goes all suicidal and his receptionist turns up and says uh, she's met someone and tries to comfort him. A bottle falls over and spins and reminds him of uh, of the past. He goes to find Stu and catches him masturbating with a melon and a dish scrubber. Career highlight there, is it Dan Fogler? Career highlight. They go looking for the goth girl who hexed them. Uh, they find uh, They find her and Chuck shows her his penis. Uh, she tells him she was a kid and she didn't know what she was doing and she didn't know if she did anything at all. She tells him, if it's meant to be, he should let her go, and hopefully she'll come back to him. So Chuck decides to go one better, and sets her up with this penguin author who fucking Cam is in love with Chuck falls apart he goes you know cut to the dirty house covered in empty cans and fast food trays uh, all the time while he's playing Call of Duty because that's what you do now when you're a sad man who's been rejected you just go online and play Call of Duty whatever you know whatever your multi-gamer game of choices Stu turns up with a three-boob fiancé a fucking course he does but luckily we don't see the breasts he tells Chuck Cam is leaving for Antarctica with a Penguin uh, author Chuck says nice he then goes to ruin her life and stop her at the airport. He gets to the airport and has to buy two first-class tickets to Antarctica. $17,000. He gets on the wrong flight first, and then finds her on the second one. This is not needed. The the $17,000 malarkey is not needed. I enjoyed it, because the character was then out at $17,000. Fucking really enjoyed that bit. Also, why is the two fucking planes with first-class priority access going to Antarctica? Didn't explain that at all. That was fucking strange. Have they got like a massive airport in Antarctica? Anyway, he asks her to uh, he asks her not to go. She says, "Well, I'm only going till Wednesday." The penguin guy, who he thinks Cam's going to have a thing for, has got a wife. Cut to Chuck, who gives Cam a peddle, pebble because earlier on in the film, Cam tells Chuck about penguins go and find the perfect pebble to give to their perfect mate. Cut to a year later, they're in Antarctica with penguins. The goth lady removes a pin from a voodoo doll. You know, she had cursed him all along. And then, the end. Thank God. Right. The sum up and reality of this film. This film is so wrong-headed. I did not want any of the characters to have have an happy ending at all. None of them deserve it. There is a good comedic story in here, but it's in the wrong hands. I should have given it to somebody like the the Farrelly brothers or the Zuckers. They could have done this. They could have done this their way, and it would have been charming, and it would have been funny. But this is a comedy with no fucking laughs. I did not laugh once. I didn't either, they didn't even register a smirk from me. I, I mean, Dane Cook is a likeable, fun lead in Employee of the Month. And he's got some acting chops. I, I like him in that film. He's charming. And you want him to succeed. I mean, this is just a self-centred wanker with first world problems. There's zero character development at all. It's on a minor scale, in fact. And he's so unfunny that they force so much into trying to get the laugh out of him. And he's, there's nothing there. I mean, he's trying really hard, but he's fully committed to it. Unfortunately, the it... He's committed to his just pain of shit. And we're going to Dan Fogler. Oh, I mean, Dan Fogler, I'm I'm fucking amazed he got any work after this. In fact, I'm amazed any of them did. Let's be honest, Dane Cook really never recovered from this. I mean, Dan Fogler is playing an absolute fucking arsehole cockwomble. There's nothing else to say about him. Uh, I mean, he's he's got a shit-eating grin in every fucking scene. He's got a mentality of a 15-year-old from 1982 who's just seen porkies and basses all of his future sex um, experiences on that film. The character should just die in a fucking house fire. I said the character. Bear that in mind. The film is a is a blot on the resume of everybody involved, and I guarantee pff, they never bring it up. I, you know, it's always bottom of their resume, so it's out the way, so they don't read it. I mean, Jessica Arbour is the only one who comes out of this slightly untarnished. And that's only because, like every other female in the film, she's she's not asked to do anything. There is no agency from uh, any woman in this film. In fact, the only agency they've got is every woman in this film, oh yeah, we want a husband, we want to be taken care of. What sort of fucking message is that in the 21st century? Should all be fucking ashamed of yourselves. They play her as a physical comedian. Poor Jessica Alba. She's not a physical comedian. It's all forced, and it all looks staged. It's just fucking terrible. Uh, and let's get to the the writer of this, right? So Josh Stolberg is his name. He should be ashamed uh, of of having this. And I looked at him on Twitter today, and in his little you know comment at the top, he he lists the other films that he's involved with. So he he directed Piranha 3D. He directed um, Jigsaw. Those are in there. Surprisingly enough, Good Luck Chuck and his other fucking disastrous film, which is a epic movie, isn't in there. I mean, you've got Steve Glenn, who wrote the short story to this. I mean, uh, that explains it all. It's a short story. And he's done nothing since. I can only think that he saw what a mess this was and thought, no thanks, I'm not doing anything else. And it's hard. This is a story of gold-digging women. Yeah, instead of money they're digging for, is love. They're digging for love, and the only way to do it is sleep with Chuck. Chuck is the silly old rich man, and that's the new, they have to go through him to get what they deserve, or get what they want. Ah, it's wrong, it's unfunny, it's thick-headed. All of its politics are fucking well, well past 2007. You know, we're talking fucking early 80s, some of the politics in this, and they were wrong in the fucking 80s. It's just fucking wrong. The, I can see what they're trying to do. They're trying to go for the old American pie and that sort of period of films, where you had the sex comedy creeping back in. The difference being the people in American Pie are kids, they're high school seniors, you can allow them this shit because we've all done stupidness when we were fucking teenagers, not when we're 35-year-old fucking men, not when you have a career and you're a professional fucking person. When you're in in school, it works with American Pie because these kids can get away with it. And the thing about American Pie is you've got the heinous arsehole in that as well in Stifler, and you take it takes three characters to balance that out, but Stifler's not fucking hateful like like Stewie's in this. He's a fucking hateful misogynist. And you know, it's fucking it's awful to watch. That's all I can say to you, it's fucking awful to watch. I haven't had a film upset me like this since since I went to see Katz. And Katz wasn't as fucking heinous as this, and I never thought I'd fucking say that. <sighs> right, so i will round up to the verdict then. Gentlemen of the jury, it's the verdict. Considering all the facts and arguments presented by both counsel and after careful deliberation The jury will retire and then consider the evidence. Ladies and gentlemen, the jury have you reached a verdict? Very be judge I mean the verdict. What can it be other than don't fucking watch this film? I I watched this film a week and a half ago before recording the podcast and it's upset me every day that I've thought about it, that I've tried it took took a week and a half for me to get around to recording this because I was just upset about recording it. I've, I actually thought about not doing it all and I thought, no, I've watched it now, I've done the research, I'm doing it. And I always, you know, score it how many pence would I pay out of a pound. And I just thought, I can't really do that objectively, so I'm going to see. I bought this from CEX for a pound, that's how much I paid for this film. So I thought, I'll get to the CEX website, and I'll see how much they give me for trading. And for trading, they would give me one pence. So, good luck Chuck from 2007 gets a score of one out of a pound. One pence out of a pound. Right, now I've got that off my chest, uh, thanks very much for coming along. Sorry if it's been a shouty episode, very sorry if it's been a sweary episode, which I know it has been. Uh, but don't go watch good luck chuck for all the money in the world and thanks very much for coming along you can follow me on twitter you can follow me on facebook you can check out my list on letterboxd as well if you so desire and uh, thanks very much for listening i've been wayne and this has been the One Pound movie podcast goodbye